Yes, hello, I am James Rowland, and today it's WNR 312, and we are bringing you a wrestling roundup. We've got the WWE Draft and Raw and SmackDown, NXT UK with a Heritage Cup starting, NXT TakeOver, and of course AEW celebrating 30 years of Chris Jericho and the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite, plus Impact as well, but let's get started. First and foremost, this was... Not the original plan for the episode. We were going to have Jamie from Unimatrix Gaming joining us. Of course, we enjoyed playing on the uh, PlayStation, the N64. Unfortunately, he has broke his collarbone. I don't know why I'm laughing. Maybe just deal with the tragedy of it. And he will be unable to play games until the new year. But don't you worry about that. The WNR, as soon as he's up and ready, will be playing again. Of course, having videos on YouTube as well. But let's begin with the WWE draft. Of course, this has been a thing since 2002. And, you know, thoughts about the draft? I mean, ever since it happened, of course, you know, it's trying to be separate, you know, Raw and SmackDown. And I think this is the thing due to the kind of um, dropping the ball of WCW. They had to create their own kind of competition. And I think when you first have kind of Bischoff and Stephanie as general managers, it brought a little bit of something to it. But the draft was never really that exciting because no matter what happened it always kind of stayed the same there was a few examples of champions switching brands of course john cena coming to raw as WWE champion but usually they're not it's bait and switch but there's always a kind of hope that they're going to sort it out you know with the rosters uh, and of course we'll talk about the draft you know from it but let's get started and it was your october 9th episode of friday night smackdown and stephanie mcmahon Started on the stage making the first five picks. Raw gets three. Smackdown gets two because Raw is three hours. And WWE Champion Drew McIntyre drafted to Raw. Universal Champion Roman Reigns drafted to Smackdown. Raw Women's Champion Oscar drafted to Raw. Seth Rollins drafted to Smackdown. The Hurt Business drafted by Raw. Not really many surprises there. Of course, McIntyre staying with Roman Reigns as well and of course Oscar I think on Raw is a better pick Seth Rollins to Smackdown well at that time it seemed quite exciting because obviously a bit of a change moving away from Dominic uh, and Rey Mysterio and the Hurt Business have been on Raw uh, throughout their run we hear from Seth Rollins about coming to Smackdown he said it was never about the name it's a message that mattered so of course he is no longer going to be the uh Monday Night Messiah, the greater good moving to Friday night. And then we had a full cat anywhere match, Big E versus Sheamus. This was a cracking match for these two. Of course, this feud has been going on for a little while now. And Big E, you know, there's been rumours and, and talk of him getting a push. And this is the kind of first steps, I feel, to that. It was a really, really great match. I mean, both men suffering uh, a lot of cuts and uh, a lot of damage going through, of course, the parking lot area, catering and everywhere else out of the way of a bro kick and Sheamus took the trunk door off Biggie counted a powerbomb onto the car windshield and Sheamus just slides off Biggie was completely bloody back throws Sheamus onto the windscreen breaking it then hits a big ending off the car through some tables for the win so quite a dramatic finish there but of course we saw it head in the cell as well with McIntyre taking the damage on the windscreen and now Biggie and of course others in AEW is this the risk they're willing to take we see Jay Uso making his way to the ring. But we see Biggie backstage before you can say anything. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods make their returns. They embrace him. Woods says they're missing the W World Tag Team Championship. Biggie looks exhausted and hugs him. And like we said, Jay Uso is in the ring and wondering what the stipulation is going to be. Roman Reigns doesn't come out. Uso said it doesn't matter because he's ready for it. Paul Heyman appears on screen. 
Hellman tells him to stop embarrassing himself. The champ will appear at his discretion and leisure. Anyone slaps down, both tenured and coming for Raw, applauds Uso's ambition. It's necessary for survival of the island of relevancy. And those who get too ambitious want to come up against a champ. Here's what happens when you step into the ring against the reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Champion, Romains. And then we find out it is going to be the first ever I Quit match inside Hell in a Cell. Reigns says, I love you, but after you say I quit, there will be consequences. And Roman Reigns has just been fired since becoming heel. And then we see Stephanie coming out again. She announces there will be a title match with the New Day taking on Cesaro and Nakamura for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. We see AJ Styles drafted to Raw, Banks to SmackDown, Naomi to Raw, Bianca Belair to SmackDown, and the Women's Tag Team Champions Jax and Baszler to Raw. We see The Miz and John Morrison versus Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle. We see Riddle and Miz tagging. Riddle takes Miz down and crossing the head for hitting a one a T-bone suplex. Riddle hits Miz with a running forearm, takes it down for a broton. Riddle hits a bridging German suplex, but Morrison breaks it up. Hardy hits Morrison with a twist of fate. Miz throws Hardy out of the ring and turns into an Ethan face for Riddle. And then he hits a bro Derek for the win. But then, Lars Sullivan makes his return after being gone a year and a half. And he runs through Hardy and Riddle, clubbing and slamming them down. And then he hits him with the freak accident. That's what we need here in the draft. We need Lars Sullivan returning. Our next draft picks, we get Ricochet drafted to Raw, Jay Uso to SmackDown, Mandy Rose to Raw, Rain Dominant Mysterio to SmackDown, The Miz and Morrison drafted to Raw. So there we go. After we think of Rollins going to get a fresh start, looks like they're going to continue the Ray and Dominic with him. We're going to get SmackDown Women's Championship Banks versus Bailey. And of course, they brawl right away. Bailey quickly gets out of the ring, says so she's done with Banks. Banks grabs her and gets in the ring. They trade pins for Bailey, attacks the next, take her down. Banks got an electric chair, takes her down, and applies the bank statement. Bailey quickly moves her body to get foot the rope. Bailey gets out of the ring and soon hits Banks in the ribs with a steel chair. But then Banks angry attacks Bailey with a chair, slamming it on the back. She then puts the chair around Bailey's neck and goes to the second rope. Bailey quickly gets out of the ring for Banks can get it. Referees run down. And of course, Bailey and Banks separated. Looks like they'll be building up towards Hell in a Cell. And then the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, Cesaro Nakamura versus The New Day. We see Cesaro starting up the Cesaro swing and Nakamura can charge her. Woods holds his leg before he can, though. Kingston gets out and hits Cesaro with a trouble in paradise. Nakamura quickly kicks Kingston down for a two count. Woods tags in. Kingston hits Nakamura with trouble in paradise. Wood goes to the top, hits a diving elbow, and wins the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, The New Day. Yet again. And then we get the last selection draft of the evening. SmackDown Tag Team Champions Kofi Kingston and Woods drafted to Raw. Biggie drafted to SmackDown. Dana Brooke to Raw. Otis to SmackDown. And Gail Garza to Raw. And there you go. The New Day have split up. They look devastated in the ring as we see it. And then we get The Fiend versus Kevin Owens in our main event. The Fiend and Owens are having a hell of a brawl as they pull outside the ring. Owen attacks and goes for a pop-up powerbomb on the competition table, but they mistime it. Owens then hits him with a powerbomb and collapses the table and goes gets the Fiend in the ring. He applies manual claws so Owens hits a stunner. The Fiend no-sells it and keeps the manual claw applied before hitting another one arm slam. The Fiend then covers Owens for the win. The lights go out and they come back on. The Fiend is face-to-face with Alexa Bliss. The high-pitched scream is heard. They look around, but the broken Kevin Owens in the ring. So, folks, after night one, well, not many surprises there, really. Apart from the New Day being split up now, there's a lot of reaction about this, people being kind of unhappy. Is it the time to? The New Day, at this moment in time, can always 
come together, can't they, at some point down the line? If they want to focus on Big E, as long as they're not completely changed the character, I think there's some momentum by them side. That's my moment. I'm not too upset about it, but it is a kind of anti-climax. So we start with Monday Night Raw, which was October 12th. We get Tom or Todd Phillips. Welcome to the Thunderdome recapping Raw's editions. Dave Randy Orton comes out. And he says he's going to take Drew McIntyre's W Championship at Hell in a Cell because this feud is, of course, never ending, as we know. Um, Orton says that Drew hadn't been pinned in almost a year. And, of course, he pinned him in six-man tag team action the previous week. McIntyre interrupts Orton. He confirms Orton is right about the fact that he pinned him. But instead of punting him after, he gloated. And he said, when I kicked you in the skull at Clash of Champions, that's for everyone you screwed over. But Hell in a Cell, all the suffering I caused you for me. He said he made a promise last week that every time they're in the same building together, he's going to kick the crap out of Orton. And then McIntyre rushes the ring and they brawl. Both men trade shots. And outside, McIntyre backdrops Orton to the announce desk, throws him back in the ring, but Orton slivers off. And then we get Stephanie McMahon making the first round picks. And The Fiend is going to Monday Night Raw alongside Randy Orton and Charlotte. And SmackDown is getting Bailey, the Raw Tag Team Street Profits. We get Kevin Owens versus Alistair Black in a no DQ match. Of course, these two men have been feuding for a while now. Not a bad match between the two. Uh, we get Black grabbing a table that was set up early and puts it in the ring. Owens to the outside. Black goes for the black mass, but his foot hits the post. Owen then throws Black in the ring, hits a stunner, followed by a powerbomb through the table for the win. We're then back with Stephanie, who says Raw will get Bruman, Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. Smackdown will get Daniel Bryan. And Kevin Owens. And then we get Miz TV segment. Of course, Miz and John Morrison part of Monday Night Raw now. Our next bit of draft picks are Raw getting Retribution, Keith Lee and Alexa Bliss. Smackdown getting Lars Sullivan and King Corbin. Then we get Seth Rollins coming out to say his farewell to Raw. He says, tonight is the end of an era. It's sad me to say that know if anybody can fill his shoes and then Rollins says it won't be Dominic or Rome Mysterio because unfortunately they've also been drafted to Smackdown Rollins is interrupted by Jeff Hardy Rollins says be focused on your match with Lars Sullivan and Rollins says good luck and tries to leave AJ Styles comes out he makes fun of Hardy but Hardy takes out Rollins and Styles with a dive he says he's going to prove that Raw is in good hands and challenges Rollins and Styles to a triple threat match after the break Looks like it's going Rollins' way as he goes for Stomp on Styles, but Harley jumps off the Styles' back. Lands the DDT on Rollins for two. Harley to the top, but Styles crotches him. Rollins has Styles on the shoulders, but gets reversed. Rollins in the calf crusher, but AJ has to release. Harley takes advantage of a swan top on Rollins for two. All three men are down. Styles goes for the Styles clash, but it gets reversed by Harley to twist of fate. Out of nowhere, Elias shows up and hits Harley with a guitar. Styles takes advantage and pins Harley for the three. Rollins sees Stephanie making selections around four on Raw. Elias, Lacey Evans and Sheamus on SmackDown, Sami Zayn, Shinzuki fucking Nakamura and Cesaro. And then you get Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Lana and Natalia. Rose with a suplex to Lana on a clothesline, she then hits a pump knee and tags in Brooke, who hits the center off Rose's shoulders for the win. We get Angel Garza versus Andrade. Andrade goes for the Hamlock DT, but it's counted as Andrade hits the apron. Garza then throws on the ring, hits a wing clipper for the victory. And then our next picks for Raw are Nikki Cross, R-Truth and Dabba Kato on SmackDown, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode and Apollo Crews. Quite a good segment on Raw as well backstage. was a new day in the Street Profits because they've been drafted to separate brands. And they just tried to swap the titles. And of course the titles on the line as a new day face Robert Roode 
and Dolph Ziggler. Rude picks up Woods, but gets hit with insecurity. In Inga tags in Kingston, but Ziggler interferes. He tries to throw Kingston to the steps, but Kingston jumps over and jumps off the steps the other way and takes out Ziggler. Rude rolls up Woods, but Kingston makes a blind tag. He's on the top rope, which sets up Rude for the midnight hour for the free. Elias is asked why he took out Hardy. He says, because Hardy hit him with a car. And then, remember that angle? We then get Cedric Alexander versus Vic. Of course, this started out earlier with Ricochet loses. He left John the Hurt business. MVP slides the chair into the ring, but Ricochet takes it instead of hitting Alexander. Throws the chair in and pretends he was one that got hit. A la Eddie Guerrero. A la Eddie Guerrero. As a result, Ricochet doesn't have to deal with the Hurt business anymore, and it is over. We then get Stephanie saying types of nil paint rice and Akira Tazawa to Raw. Smackdown will get Carmella and Alistair Black. And then we have a multi-brand battle royal to number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Well, the final four are Riot Squad, Evans and Natalia. Natalia eliminates the Riot Squad. The final two are Evans and Natalia. Strikes back and forth. They're both over the top on the apron. Evans hits Natalia, who falls, but keeps her hands on the bottom rope. Evans with a head scissors to Natalia, but Natalia tosses off the post and out. But hold on. Lana was never eliminated. She put the apron and wins. And then we are back to Orton and They continue to brawl as they're held apart as we go off air. So that was Monday Night Raw. And it, it wasn't too bad. The Owens and Black match was good. A bit surprised at the end. Of course, Lana getting a victory. But did the draft really do anything? Let's have a look at the full results then. Raw, the men, there was 23 men drafted in the end. Drew McIntyre, WWE Champion. Bobby Lashley, United States Champ. R-Truth, 24-7 Champion. AJ Styles, The Fiend. Randy Orton, Braun Strowman, Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy, Keith Lee, Ricochet, Elias, Sheamus, Angel Garza, Hamid Gulak, Tucker, Dabakato, Tyson, Neil, Kirizawa, Riddick Moss, Arifa Rass, and Eric. Not too bad, really. You know, look at McIntyre and Orton. Where's it going to go next? You've got The Fiend, who, of course, can be a face or a heel in the story of Alexa Bliss. And will they maybe carry on the Braun Strowman feud in that way? And where does Braun go from here as well? With the women, there are eight of them. Oscar, WWE Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, Paint Royce. Uh, I guess Alexa Bliss might be feuding with Oscar somewhere down the line. But, of course, Paint Royce at the moment is doing quite well. Men's tag teams or factions have got the New Day, Royal Tag Team Champions, The Hurt Business, Miz and Morrison, Retribution and Lucha House Party. And then women's tag teams, Basil and Jax, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. So all in all, not too bad. I mean, a couple of weird questions. If uh, Retribution are causing Raw so much trouble, why would they draft them? Uh, and also, can they find a place for Jeff Hardy and Matt Ridd and Braun Strowman as well? But I think there's enough talent in there uh, to do them well. Smackdown, men... Uh, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion, Sami Zayn, IC Champ, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, Big E, Alistair Black, Apollo Crews, Otis Murphy, Kalisto, Lars Sullivan, King Corbin, Shorty G. And then got women, Bailey, SmackDown Women's Champion, Banks, Bianca Belair, Carmella, Natalia, Zelina Vega, Billy Kay and Tamina. And then tag teams of Street Profits, of course, the tag team champions, Cesaro, Nakamura, Ziggler and Rude, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. And then the Riot Squad. Uh, undrafted, Andrade, Mickey James, not in draft pools, Becky Lynch, Muso, Ivers, Deville, Edge, Mahal, Joe, Rawley, Forgotten Sons, Bo Dallas, Big Show, Cena, Goldberg, Ronda Rousey, The Untaker, some of them you know why, some of them they just don't care about. All in all, wasn't a bad draft, but I don't really think is anything truly excitable really in any. And we'll just move on to the episode of Smackdown that we have just had this past Friday. 
We started off with Jeff Hardy versus Lars Sullivan. Not a bad match. A freak threw him across the ring and hit a sliding clothesline for a quick two count. Hardy rolled out the way to avoid a huge splash from top rope and loaded a flurry of right hands. Hardy dropped him with a twist of fate, but Sullivan was back up before he could hit a swan tom. He grabbed Hardy and hit the freak accident for the win. Rene versus Cesaro Sheamus and Nakamura. And of course, this was a New Day's farewell. So I was able to take the big man down, but Tagged Woods allowed New Day to hit double team for two count. Next few minutes saw both teams trade big moves back and forth. Woods and E hit midnight hour for the pin and the win. They embraced in the middle of the ring to celebrate this victory. I mean, a lot of fans are getting upset. W's breaking up the group, but giving them one last match together was a nice gesture. Let's hope this can work out for them. I mean, these are a guy who were floundering six years ago and now become one of the greatest teams in WWE history. We get Daniel Bryan coming back. And, of course, he's getting involved in the Ray and Dominic Mysterio storyline. So that should be really, really fun. The Street Profits versus Rude and Dolph Ziggler for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The Challengers beat up Dawkins a bit before Four takes them down with huge crossbody. Ric Flair was shown watching on the screen with huge smiles after the match. This ended in a kind of smoz as it was. We then get Banks and Bailey contract signing. And uh, Adam Pearce, who's had a lot of... Uh, TV time recently oversaw the proceedings. Banks wasted no time signing the contract, but Bailey jabbered on a bit about how the boss was baggage and she was happy to dump. The role model said Banks is angry because she didn't turn on Bailey first, but the boss reminded her at all times she had her back. I mean, this wasn't, you know, fantastic, but it told the story of the reason Bailey's been champion for so long, you know, 365 days, is Asha Banks. And then we had Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman for the Universal title. This wasn't a bad match. A bit of a surprise that they're taking Braun down uh, before his move to Raw. But still, you know, Uso came out to stage to watch his Reigns hit Strowman with a spear. Reigns told him to come to the ring but wait with a still chair. He told Uso he doesn't want to hurt him like Strowman before he hit the big man with a chair a few times. Reigns put the chair down and turned it to give Uso a chance to hit him. His cousin refused but when Reigns turned around... Decked him and had a super kick, picked up a chair, smashed Reigns across the back a few times. As officials held him back, Reigns popped up and hit a Superman punch. Not only did he do that at the end, but also with the match as well. Uh, he made Strowman tap out with a guillotine choke, which you don't really see many tap outs. And again, like I say, with the kind of treatment of Strowman, I don't think he'll be near the Universal title picture any time soon. Obviously, he won't now on Raw. But that is WWE at this moment in time. And it's the same old, same old. You know, we're moving towards Head in the Cell where we've got rematches from SummerSlam and Clash of Champions with McIntyre and Orton. Um, have they really jazzed up the tag team scene enough for the women's title picture? Are we really going to get Lana versus Oscar for the title? Uh, and as for the secondary foods, they continue on SmackDown, of course, with Mysterio. And Rollins feud. Uh, the Intercontinental title scene will be interesting who steps up to Sami Zayn. And what can the Miz and Morrison do on Monday Night Raw as well? You know, it, it is kind of standard. And it wasn't too bad. But again, nothing to really get uh, excited about. Nothing to hit home, really. So let's see if we can do any better when we move on to WWE NXT. And of course, we had the NXT TakeOver event last time out on the podcast and it was a fantastic main event of course between Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. So let's get on with it then with the October 7th edition and much had been made of Kushida's seemingly newfound more vicious demeanour but he faced a tough test against one of the most vicious superstars in NXT history. The bout with Chumper was every bit as hard as hitting than one would imagine. Velvety's dream cut the battle short though trying to take out Kushida the man who defeated him at NXT TakeOver. However, he errantly struck Chumper instead, ending the match by disqualification. 
Well, when it's the resident time split round up, getting the better of the dream yet again, pummeling him on the outside of the ring until he retreated. Meanwhile, Chump appeared incensed with the result, killing Drain and Drake Maverick are uh, anything but well or machine. They still found a way to claim a victory over Everrise. Drake spent much of the out being beaten down, but in more experience, leaving Maverick in position for the pinfall. Dane still wasn't quite ready to celebrate Maverick with yet another post-match haymaker, but the Beast of Belfast did show some sympathy this time, slinging Drake over his shoulder while heading to the backstage area. And I should say the theme song, uh, the theme tune for Maverick and Dane is fantastic as well. Austin Fury is making a habit of biting off more than he can chew. All day disposedly in roughing short order for issuing another open challenge, only to find a returning Dexter Loomis answer the call. Still Fury... Found a way to seize control for getting himself in trouble with too much groundstanding, giving Loomis an opening to eventually plant with it, Urinagi, and put him out with silence. Afterwards, Loomis was attacked by Cameron Grimes, who declared he was getting retribution for Loomis not answering him backstage last week. Rich Holland impressed against fellow Britain Danny Birch made it victorious after a quick but hard hitting affair. Fist cuffs continued after the bell with Birch's tag team partner and Lorcan joined the fray to fight back up for his fellow Brit and Baller, getting his own taste of a proper scrap with Holland for good measure. Of course, Rich Holland laid out Adam Cole at the end of NXT Tokyo. We then get Shotzi Blackheart coming away with another win as the host of the upcoming NXT TakeOver Halloween Havoc puts Zia Lee away after hitting the top rope centre and after Boa arrives to offer Lee an envelope and Lee appeared as confused as the NXT Universe likely was. Ember Moon may not compete for more than a year but you never know watching their performance against Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Of course teaming up with Rhea Ripley is kind of dream team of sorts. Both had their eyes NXT Women's Championship. Ripley and Gonzalez back to the outside for topping over the broadcast table, occupying Dakota Kai's attention momentarily. Moon took advantage, hitting their perfect eclipse for the pinfall. It's always great seeing the eclipse there. But we had some injury news from that as well because we talked about uh, the hard-hit match between O'Reilly and Bala. Of course, what had happened to Rich, Ridge Holland? Like we said, both Carl O'Reilly and Finn Bala left takeover 31 main event rather banged up. In fact, the champion factors his draw into places. Um, he just had surgery on it and of course after a handful of short reigns with Keith Lee's cut short loose his call up and then Cameron Cross due to injury NXT is trying to do all they can not to relinquish the title or take it away from Finn Balor and uh, it looks like we saw a devastating injury reveal from Ridge Holland the big man was supposed to catch only splash but his legs buckled and the injury is not pretty dislocated and broke his left ankle or dislocating his patella and tearing the patella tender right uh, maybe they'll do a who done it with Adam Cole but unfortunately for Holland, looks like he just missed his break. But we do move on to the 14th of October edition of NXT. We get number one contendership match. The Undisputed Era defeating the Brit and Brawlers. Which was a great match to start off. The action was really, really intense. And I love Lorcan and Birch. They need to get the chance. But this time they went the way of, of course, Rodden and Bobby Fish. We get video package hyping Ember Moon and talking about her road to recovery. We get Jake Atlas defeating Ashante the Adonis by pinfall. Following the match, Legada del Fantasma attacked both Atlas and Adonis, but it's there's worth Scott came out to help him run off with some steel chairs. And the match we're going to watch right now is Austin versus Johnny Gargano. This is going to be a pick from NXT. Austin Theory, a very young man, has a lot of success on the independent scene, of course, Evolve and other places like that. But Johnny Gargano is Mr. NXT. Nice, some. Um, some nice mat wrestling to start off, even. A nice show by Theory, but Gagano grabs a leg and says, Don't forget, I've got all the experience in the world. Well, Theory telegraphed the move. Gagano had him caught and got him with the chop and then just taken down the arm. Well, Gagano going for the Gagano escape. Theory gets to the ropes. Austin Lowe catches Gagano with a nice back elbow. Johnny managing to reverse it, though, went for the chop. 
Fury realised that was coming, blocked it with a clothesline. Nice standing moonsault. Oh, Gagano working the midsection, but Fury manages to turn it round. Nice drop toe hold into the second turnbuckle. On the apron now, rolls in. Nice basement drop kick. Both men now just trading a few shots. Looks like Fury has got the advantage. Picking Gagano up on his shoulders. With Johnny there with the elbows land on the apron. Step up to the security, he's caught. But Johnny managing to avoid that and hit a step up in the security himself. Spear through the second. As we go to another. Back from the break and Johnny's got Austin Fury in the uh, abdominal stretch made famous by Wilbur Schneider. Abdominable. Drop toe hold to the second rope. A huge knee to the back. Gagano now calling a shot. But Fury seals it. Picks him up. Tilt a well slam. And Fury now trying to build momentum. Taking Gagano down. Comes with a foot stomp. Picks him up again. Nice suplex. Trying to build some momentum now. Well, Gagano going for a suplex. But Fury blocking him. Manages to turn it low. Johnny throws him on the apron. Spins back in. Looking for that drop kick. Gagano went for a super kick. Caught by Fury. Both men in the go behind. Gagano nips up but caught with a huge super kick to the face. And a beautiful net breaker there, but no, can't get the job done. Fury coming close. And Fury talking a little bit smack rather than putting Gagano away. And now goes for the super kick. And that may be it, but no, Fury going to put a flourish on it. Looking for the ATL, but Gagano blocking. Gagano now diving cross body, but Fury rolls through. That's some power there. Put Gagano on his shoulders. But Gagano again managed to roll down. Fury drops down on it. Well, it was close, but no cigar. And Austin Fury again, rather than trying to put Gagano away, picks him up. And a huge chop. That's a bit of payback from earlier, but it's not about payback. It's about getting the victory. And Fury now waving to miss Johnny Gagano rather than the actual action. And now both main trading huge right hands. Fury's looked every, good, every bit as good as Gagano in this matchup. Which is the whole point of it, but gets his leg caught. And now a super kick to the face. Picking him up, and I think he wants to hurt him. Lawn darts him into the second turnbuckle. And Gagano still wants him up. And a huge shot to the back of the head. And now Gagano taught an Austin Fury. Fury's given a good match, but here comes Johnny. One final beat will get the job done. Gagano looks good, but Austin Fury looked great in defeat as well. We didn't get no one contendership match. Candice Ray defeating Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, this was a great match as well between the two women. There's something about Shotzi I really like. And Candice is getting better and better each week. Um, of course, Candice Ray will now face the shy in two weeks at Halloween Havoc. The Ray used brass knuckles to get the win and hand them to Indy Hartwell after the match. But then see Tony Storm making her NXT return to meeting a liar or numph. See Lee and Boa approached by William Regal back to turn things around. Imperium defeating Drake Maverick and Killian Dane by pinfall. North America Championship match, Damon Freeze defeating Dexter Loomis. These two big men uh, gave a little bit, but Priest came out on top. Cameron Grimes interfered and stopped Loomis on below to Priest, who then took out Grimes post-match. Johnny Garner then now Priest with a steel chair. William Regal then came out to end the show by announcing Garner will fight Priest for the North America title, and LeRae will fight Sheree for the NXT Women's Championship, but the stakes are dependent upon Chelsea Blackheart's spinner wheel make-up. Of course, this was very famous for Halloween Havoc back in a day and brought back now for this time. NXT was, I think, uh, a lot better. They're trying to build stars, but again, the injury problems. You know, your NXT champ, Finn Balor, out. Um, you've got your, your trouble with Ridge Holland. Are you going to look to try and build a storyline? At the moment, NXT needs consistency. And Johnny Gagano and Candice Ray are the consistency I think NXT need. 
And we're hoping to bring you NXT Halloween Havoc in just a few weeks. So we move on to NXT UK. So October 1st, and we start off here, NXT UK. And of course, the, uh, the start of the NXT UK Heritage Cup. And Kenny Williams defeating Ashley Smith and Amir Jordan in a triple threat match. He is the final competitor in the UK Heritage Cup tournament. Yeah, we've got Ashley Smith and tag partner Amir Jordan. Lightning with a gigantic tornado DDT. Williams will take on Trent Seven in the first round matchup. We get Jenny defeating Zia Brookside. Jenny has vowed to show an entirely new, more vicious side. Brookside experienced it firsthand as she taps out to the Fantasia. Afterwards, Ginny declares she would make history declaring herself the Queen of NXT UK. In the main event, now Darth Wolf in the NXT UK Heritage Cup tournament first round match. Pete Dunne served the special guest for free. The Bruiserweight wasn't shy about asserting his authority, though, as it proved pivotal in the match result. The former NXT United Kingdom champ caught Naomdar using the ropes for extra leverage, using a pinfall attempt in round five, and punished him accordingly, kicking Dalmzar. Dar responded by looking for the Nova roll on Dunne, but he instead blasts Alexander Wolfe as the Bruiserweight ducked out of the way and had no choice but to count Dar's pinfall on Wolfe for the 2-1 victory. Wolfe took it, officiating afterwards, screaming at Dunne, attempted to strike him for the exchange blows. The NXT UK UK champ and Wolf's Imperium leader Walter joined the fray to back Wolf up, but he wasn't the only one. It's no one contender. Ear Dragonoff also hit the ring for Walter could powerbomb done. The mad Russian helped the Bruce White fight off both Imperium members, causing them to retreat. We move on to October 8th edition as the UK Cup continues. Now, more on that in a little bit. Our first match was Ear Brookside, Dana Luna versus Lamela and Nina Samuels. It's basically been a handicap match with Luna Suplex and Amala and handed off to Brookside for a Brookside bomb into a power bomb for the Bridging, bridging Pin. It's and 12. Piper Niven is impressed by Kayla Ray giving us a state of the women's division tonight, but she will be there. Saxon Huxley versus Jack Stars. Saxon Huxley beats Jack Stars in five minutes. Basically, a power bomb drop to get the victory. And we get Heritage Cup first round. It's A-Kid versus Flash Morgan Webster. This is uh, into three rounds. And the winner has to win, obviously, two to one. Great three rounds of action here. We're tied up as we go into the fifth round. A kid smacks him in the face early on. The trade allows strikes to Webster, gets two off a Falcon Arrow. Kid is back up with another kick to the head, but Webster headbutts him down. Webster sends Kid outside for a suicide dive, but it's something like rings of Saturn to make Webster tap at 2 minutes 57. And 30 minutes 11 total in the match, 2-1. We get Walter versus Aya Dragon off the UK title in three weeks, which we hope to bring you here as well. We get Video Dragonoff's pass to the title. Flash Morgan Webster's been attacked, and Mark Andrews runs up to check on him. And we get Kayla Ray to talk about her awesome title reign. Cue the four women from tonight's tag match, plus Piper Niven. Big brawl breaks out with extra room and joining Lynn Ray Lee looks to leave, but Ginny catches her near the entrance. She knocks Ray back to ringside and Niven cannibals onto a bunch of people. I have Valkyrie hits a big dive of her own. Ray leaves to end the show. The edition of NXT UK is the October 15th. Watch our last NXT UK is the October 15th edition as we start off with uh, Heritage Cup. First round action, Dave Mastiff versus Joseph Connors. Round one, Dave backs Joseph in the corner for his wrist locks and arm ringers. Dave hits an arm drag for Joseph locks and a hammer lock for a Dodging a sit-down splash. David and Dropkiss. Joseph round one comes to an end. Round two, Dave runs over Joseph for locking a standard side headlock and dropping him with a shoulder block. He slaps Dave and gets out of the ring as the round ends. Round three, Dave then wins in round three by knocking Joseph out with stiff forearm with the referee stoppage and the win. 
win of Dave Masters defeats Joseph Connors via referee stoppage. We get an extended video package from former Cruiserweight champion Jordan Devlin, where Jordan declares he is the real Cruiserweight champ and welcomes anyone to come for the real title as we go to commercial. We get Isla Dawn versus Piper Niven. Piper overpowers Isla before she Isla takes Piper down to one knee before stomping her hands. She then rocks her with offcuts for locking her headlock. Piper takes her down to the mat. Isla rolls Piper up for the two but manages to get tossed out of the ring. She then drop kicks Piper for hitting a run across body. Hits her with her insecurity. Isla dodges a running splash in the corner before hitting a diver meter for a near fall. She then drop, locks in the dragon sleeve for Piper hits a cannibal in the corner into the Piper driver for the pin and the win. And our main event is Imperium, Volta and Alexander Wolf versus uh, Dragunov and Pete Dunn. Of course, we haven't seen Pete Dunn in a little while. The first one is going to be in the UK tournament uh, as Flash Morgan Webster won't be able to make it. So, Mustache Mountain and, of course, talk about a man in Pete Dunn who's going to be action now. That's a man that defeated him from the UK title and all the bad things with COVID. All the things going on. Pete Dunn would not, if it wasn't for this horrible situation at the moment. So maybe we can count our blessings. So much history there with Pete Dunn, who looks incredible. Such transformation. Saying he's using plants now to kind of get leaner and meaner. And it starts with Alexander Wolfe had a problem with his officiating. And this will be interesting. Dunn, Dunn is one of our favourite wrestlers. You can't get bored watching him. He's got the arm. The joint manipulation. And Dunn now running the ropes, looking fantastic. Huge clothesline. Not lost any of his demeanour. And Walter wants in there now. Well, Dunn held the title for over 600 days. But Walter comes in and says, well, I've held it for a little while now. And Walter, they were the hip toss to fight it. And these two men going at it right now. It's a sight to see. Of course, in the BT studios as well. Dunn now caught in the wrist lock, trying to get out of it. Says it's taking Walter down. And now going in for the triangle. Transition to the armbar. Walter's trying to fight the submission. Dunn's got it in hard. And a fantastic exchange from both men there as well. I wants to tag. He wants a piece of Walter himself. Dunn saying, what the hell, come on. I is the number one contender. As Walter takes it down with side headlock. As we go to an advert. And come back and the action's kicking off. Dunn got the blind tag in as Alexander Wolf's a legal man. A double team move, Aya and Pete Dunn. Now the X-Plex. Knocks Walter off the apron. Ayer off with a senton. Dunn into the cover. No, can't put him down though. And now a huge shot to Dunn's face by Wolf. Walter gets a tag. Chop to Dunn's midsection. German suplex by Wolf. Now Walter going up for the splash. To mission. Trying to joint manipulation. Wolf comes in to break it. But here comes Ayer. And now the strikes to the side of the head. But Walter managing to... Fight through. Wolf now got the sleeper. Walter power bombs done into Aya. And now all four men are down. Incredible action. And now Volta gets caught by the throat but responds with a step up in security. Dunn bringing the fight. Dies over the top eye with a tag. Moonsault onto Wolf. Dunn takes him out. Aya up. Volta's halfway across the ring. Oh. <laughs> Went for the coast to coast but got caught with a chop. Power bomb. Into the cover. One, two. No. Dunn managing to stop him. Here comes Wolf. Again, Pete dodges out of the way. And now Wolf with the German suplex to Aya. One, two. No, Aya managing to get out of it. Maybe the momentum of Volta's body there cost him. And you can see the redness of the chest. 
We've got the Austrian and the German here in the UK fighting over the top prize in NXT in just a couple of weeks' time. And Volta is just taking them apart and saying, you're not in my league. Talk about the old lion, the young lion, and the huge chop. Oh, my God. The chops are like gunshots. But I have somehow fighting it. Oh, slap to the face, but a clothesline from Aya. And Wolfing to stop it. And now he's caught with fingers. Look about joint manipulation. No, Wolf manages to stop it. Got him up in a powerbomb. Dunn stops it, though. Bitter end. Volta with a huge boot to the face, taking Dunn out. But Iowa, huge step-up kick, trying to pick Volta up. He's fighting it. And another chop, and that chest. That chest is red raw. And now a sleeper. He grabs the hand of Volta, though. And just the sounds of the shots. And now knees to the midsection. And he's got him up in a gotch lift suplex. Dumps him down. And now Dragunov giving a once in a lifetime performance here. You just imagine if there was a crowd here. They're going crazy. But he's looking for his finisher. Wolf's got hold of the leg. And now Dan finally got the finger. Oh! And you heard the click. Wolf taken down. He went for the torpedo Moscow. Caught in a sleeper. Huge chop to the back. Back suplex. He landed on his head. Torpedo Moscow hits low. And he pins the NXT UK champion. The first time Falls has been pinned since Survivor Series last year. Ayo gets a victory against Dunn. Dunn looked great in this one. A really entertaining matchup. Didn't stop anytime soon. You talk about the old line, the young line. Dunn, the former champ, watching on as the man who beat him had just been beaten by the guy his team with. It's a great bit of storytelling. Can I Dragunov get the job done in a couple of weeks' time? Pete Dunn seems impressed great by NXT UK. He thinks it's been the best thing so far that we've seen. All right, so let's move on to AEW Dynamite then. And it is the 7th of October. We celebrate 30 years of Chris Jericho in wrestling. The show opened with Montage AEW roster members sharing their personal favourite Chris Jericho moments. We've got Jim Ross at Scalabra Tony on commentary. Townsend Absolute Ricky Starks joined the broadcast proof at the beginning of the show. Kicking things off an FTW Championship match defended for the first time on Dynamite. The Machine Brian Cage versus Will Hobbs. They started with a slugfest. Cage took Hobbs off his feet with back elbow, but Hobbs got right back up. He then connected with a cross-body block. Hobbs presses 475 pounds in Ross. Cage kicks Hobbs in the face, but it didn't go in the cover. He did a standard moonsault, but Hobbs kicked out. Uh, look at the explosiveness and the hip of Cage, said Taz. Cage went in for a headlock, but Hobbs counted with a backdrop. Hobbs flowed with two consecutive clotheslines and a shoulder tackle. Pass on Cage for a near fall. It was reminiscent of the late great Buzz Sawyer, said Jim Ross. Hobbs stuck to discus. Lariat and used the last Will and Testament spine bust on Cage for a near fall. He then went for top rope fog splash, but Cage moved out of the way and then finished off Hobbs with a drill claw for the pin. Taz got the microphone said Hobbs was impressive. Starks jumped in the ring. Taz said Hobbs has two options. Option A, be part of Team Taz. Option B, you say no to option A and Starks and Cage will beat the hell out of you. What's it going to be? Darby's music, Darby Allen's music hit and he came to the ring with a skateboard. Starks and Cage left and Taz said Darby would live to it. Time for a brush with greatness. 20 minute time limit. AW World Tag Team Champions FTR, Cash Will and Dax Harwood versus TH2, Angelico and Jack Evans. We see FTR in a serious tandem offense to change the momentum of the match. Again, Jim Ross was very impressed with TH2's resiliency. In front. Perhaps FTR took them to it. Evans hit a flying, flipping axe kick on Dax, but Dax plowed through with a lariat and then a tiger driver. But Evans still got the shoulder up. 
back, suplexed Evans and then Cash followed with a splash on the top and it was good enough to pin. The Bucks were shown again backstage in the match and the monitors, the cameraman filming them, was then super. Best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent, walked out talking to FTR. They were wearing shirts that featured them dressed as hot dogs. As comedy backyard wrestlers, we're trying to say is that you guys are weenies. But that's not a joke that we are the number one contenders. We see Lars Ulrich and Metallica, Gene Simmons and Kiss, Don Callis, Shaq and Diamond Dallas Page off and their congratulations to Chris Jericho. And then the TNT champion, Exalt One, Mr. Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. This was an incredible match. This is half back to the days of Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine at Starcade. The, the sheer brute force. Of, it's quite easy to tell as well. Cody was TNT Champion, maybe pushed himself too far week in, week out. And Brody Lee, Mr. Brody Lee, who came in after everybody said, oh, I don't know what he can do. He's made the Dark Order one of the, the most, you know, fun things and, and best things in wrestling at this moment in time. Destroyed him in three minutes. And then Cody returned with a different look, different style and said, let's do this in a dog collar. And the brutality, you know, putting through the, the barricade at ringside, there's still the barricade. Uh, and everything they did with the kind of movement, with both, you know, Cody bleeding as well. I think Cody winning was the right result, you know. I think winning it, it showed that, uh, you know, especially with the kind of chain wrap around the face and hitting the crossfires, it was a good finish. Brody, I don't think, loses anything because he has beaten Cody. And maybe I think he can move on to something bigger and better as well. We see Kenny Omega being interviewed saying he was going to stake his game for the AEW World Championship. And then we see Big Swole versus Serena Deeb. Big Swole lined up several clothes on, then blasted Deeb with a headbutt. She swiped at roundhouse kicks. Swole missed a rolling elbow by Charles to win an uppercut. She then hit headbutt and then followed rolling elbow by this time, pinning her. We then see AEW World Champion John Moxley sitting at a bar. One does not simply beat Lance Archer, one survives him. What well, happens October 14th, Lance? Maybe you win, maybe I win. I've got a lot of regrets in my life, but laying down in the ring for you ain't one of them. Like you said, Lance, every day, everybody dies. And then we get Lufthansa Pintico versus the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, this wasn't a bad match. It, it, I mean, Luther grabbed Jericho by the heart and smashed his head into the mat from the top rope. He ducked the Judas effect to call Jericho a German suplex. Um, Jericho got caught with knees from the top and then hit a baseball he called for his baseball bat and Sammy tossed it to Jericho but Luther caught it instead he swung it Jericho's having while the referee was distracted Sammy Guevara jumps in the ring apron Luther turns to look at Sammy and while Luther was preoccupied Jericho dropped Luther with a Jesus effect and pinned him he then took the microphone before he could make any type of speech MGF's music played he came to think he wasn't here to steal the limelight he was here because he respected Jericho and wanted to help him celebrate then instructed Warlow to remove a sheep with a surprise. Under the sheep was a clown. And the clown were holding a gift. He told Jericho that next week he's going to make a career to find an announcement. Jericho unwrapped the gift from NGF and it was a framed photo of him. Jericho smashed the framed photo over the clown's head and then clubbed the clown with the Judas effect. He then told him Jeffy hates clowns and he hates being interrupted. Jericho paused and then he, him and MGF smiled at one another and laughed. That was it for Chris Jericho. Again, not a bad show. Move on, though, to the 14th of October, and it was the anniversary show. Every title were on the line here tonight. We had the FTR versus Best Friends for the AEW Tag Team Championships. This, again, was a fantastic match. Best Friends have really, really uh, impressed me at times. You know, there's a there's talk about the comedy character, but like I said, the, the, the fight they had uh, recently was, was just an unbelievable match that we covered. And, uh, you know, with Trent, there's definitely something there. There's definitely a character. The FTR are... are 
building up at this moment to say, can you, you know, brush your greatness? Can you get the job done? And it looked like, you know, best friends might have it at some points, but Cash Wheeler now chucked Taylor from behind with a title belt. Howard pins him for the win. We then see Miriam Sabin jumping best friends after into bumping into the video game during the match. And it's Miriam and Kip Sabin versus Sean Maluta and Lee Johnson. I mean, this was a squash match, really. Miro making Muta easily tap out. After the match, he tells good, uh, the good best friends that it's game over. Lance Archer jumps John Max- Moxley backstage before he's separated by officials. Out comes MGF. He's accompanied more. He's accomplished more at 23 than he has in his entire life. He doesn't blame him. And he brings out Chris Jericho. And the inner circle comes out. He takes the chocolate jackets from the inner circle wearing... Sammy isn't wearing his and Jericho orders him to wear it. It's too big for Sammy. MJF talks about Jericho's body and calls him a genetic freak. And his hair is lush. Jericho then tells MJF to cut the shit and talk about his groundbreaking proclamation. MJF calls Jericho the two of them the biggest draws in AEW. And he says that how about they work together? What about MJF joining the inner circle? Chris Jericho says he needs time to deliberate. Next week, he's just MJF go one-on-one for a steak dinner. MJF's Jericho is on. Then we can get Cody versus Orange Cassidy. So we've seen last week with Cody being uh, ever so aggressive and Cassidy is just the opposite of that. So non-plus as he's standing there. Well, we see Orange Cassidy with his normal stuff and, you know, Cody getting a little bit frustrated with it. You can see it in his eyes that he's not really happy by what Cassidy is doing and wants to teach him maybe a little bit of a lesson. This is the that we're seeing here as well. Orange Cassidy is Cassidy and I think that's why it might get under people's skin. But he, he tries to fight him off uh, as it was and make a comeback with the kicks, which doesn't impress Cody much. And you can see the Dark Order coming out to try and interfere as well, which uh, Cassidy didn't want any of that. Both men trading fantastic moves towards the end. Crossbows reversed. Of course, Orange Cassidy with a stun. Cody with the Cody Cutter. Now both men trading towards the end. Cassidy with a few strikes. Goes for the orange punch but gets stopped by Cody. Cody working the leg as well. And a beautiful disaster. Still can't put OJ as well. Cassidy's had his leg on. Leg works on the majority of the match. And just when it looks like Cassidy's going to win it. With the inside cradle. The time limit expires. Up next Lance Archer and Jake Robertson. If you backstage for Moxley. attacks Archer. Scooty has to get involved. Matt Hardy's interview ringside says he feels perfect. He's proud of AEW's success. He said, Love tonight is clear to return to the ring. And as he says in a vignette of Sammy burning photos of Matt appears, you say he send Matt to the hospital every time he gets cleared and he'll keep doing it until he's home for good. Private Party versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus Butcher the Blade versus Young Bucks. The winners face FTR at full gear. The team's roundly picked on tonight's show and headed to the ring where Brawl broke out. Young Bucks superkick pretty much all the opponents through this segment. Hiku Ishida versus Big Swole for the AW Women's Championship. A really hard-hitting affair from both women. Of course, with Britt Baker coming back as well, there's some excitement about the women's division finally. Um, Shida retains with a Michinoku driver. We then see Sean Spears and Scorpion Sky's video package. And then the main event, John Moxley defeating Lance Archer with a roll-up uh, after as Archer is pinning Moxley after the blackout I mean again looks it's been treated like a monster don't get me wrong but I mean Moxley I think has moved on because after the match Archer big boots Moxley and Lucha Brothers jump him Eddie Kingston helps Moxley to his feet he pays respect to him for giving a backhand and a sleeper he then takes the title belt and says that everything he fights for was stolen from him 
And he's going to get it back. So it looks like Eddie Kingston is next in line for an AEW Championship opportunity. Up next is the ratings. How do they get on? Well, got to say, AEW won outright there. 826,000 viewers in its two-hour broadcast, with NXT just getting 651,000. Well, we'll move on now to Impact Wrestling. And Impact Wrestling issued the following press relief announced a new partnership with Premier Sports, which will broadcast promotions programme to United Kingdom and Ireland, started on the October 6th. It started off with a three-hour presentation of Victory Row, headlined by the bitter rematch between Eddie Edwards and the man who ripped away his world title, Eric Young. And that was Premier Sports 2. And then you had Free Sports airing at 10pm Impact Wrestling, just hours after it takes place. And Premier Sports 1 will be television destination for Bound for Glory live at 1 a.m. This is a fantastic move for Impact Wrestling. I've been wondering about this for a long time. Of course, WWE here with Sky uh, and then BT now, of course. AW and ITV and Premier Sports, who do have a few football. They've got Spanish. I do have a subscription to it anyway. And this is just kind of added bonus where I don't have to pay £20 for Fight TV. I can watch it live at 1am. Keep watching Impact and Victory Road. So talk about Victory Road. Let's just have a look at the quick results. We had the Rassels defeating Triple XL. Brian Myers defeating Tommy Dreamer with a running clothesline in 10 minutes. X Division Championship match. Willie Mack defeating Rojit Royu via count out. But again, Royet still uh, X Division champion. Tanil Dashford defeats Jordan Grace with a spotlight kick. It's great to see the former Emma back. Heath and Rhino defeating Reno Scum in a quite an entertaining match actually. Free for all match as well. We had Ace Austin, Madman Fulton versus Anderson, Gallows versus Shelley Saber versus Alexander. With Josh Alexander defeating actually with a double underhook pile driver. The women's title on the line, Perutsu retaining against Kimberly and then the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, Eric Young defeating Eddie Edwards with a knee bar. So let's just have a look at the last episode of Impact Wrestling. Of course, it was October 13th. And there was a lot of stuff about the wedding in this one. I'm, there was no doubt about that. You had Valkyrie Rosemary defeating Stills and Hogan and Havoc and Navia. Crazy Steve upsetting Fallow Bar with the roll-up. The 10-person tag team match-up. Heath Rhino Edwards, Cousin Jake and Alan defeating Dreamer, Myers, Dashwood, Dina and Swinger. You had Kylie Ray defeating Kimberly. Gallows defeating Fulton and beating the shit out of him. And then the question, Rich Swan be clear for Bound for Glory. Of course, Bound for Glory coming up again. Hope to bring it to you around the same time as Halloween Havoc. And of course, Ia versus Volta for the NXT UK Championship. Eric Young made his way to the ring. The world-class Marman cut a promo to understand the status of Rich Swan in a scheduled match at Bound for Glory. After receiving a call, Scott Damore made his way to the ring. Young told him he'd give Swan the easy way out, and he didn't take it. The EVP of Impact was also just the smug Young. Damore said that Swan suffered additional substantial damage to the leg. Young demanded his superior deem his foal unfit to compete. Damore cut an impassioned promo, claiming Young lost sight in who he was supposed to be. Swan surgeon confirmed the damage, but said that Swan is a special type of athlete and will compete at Bound for Glory. I hope he knocks that smug look off your face, he says. Young snapped, attacking his former team counter compadre. He trapped him on an ankle lock, and here comes Swan now. And that is a beautiful hand spring cutter to Eric Young. And Eric Young getting the hell out of the way. 
Well, Eric Young is shocked that Rich Swan wants the World Heavyweight title and impact. And yes, that is the man from the CWC. He's come through a lot of controversies. Rich Swan looks like he's going to be 100% leading to Bound for Glory. And here comes Moose. We've gone to backstage, and I think he's found EC3. Of course, EC3 through the impact, the TNA World title off the bridge. Seeing a verbal back and forth, and it gave way to EC3 corners by all a laughing stock. He laid the TNA Championship down, and cleverly dared Moose to cross the line. Well, I brought an underclosed bridge until Moose struck the rail. I wanted so much to have to fight in my life for this, EC3 said, as he held the TNA title. It'd be so funny if it wasn't so sad. Moose recovered and attacked from behind, punching away EC3 and busting open. England Patriot walked off with his title, leaving EC3 laughing to close out the show. I mean, the stuff for EC3 and Moose continues to be the most interesting stories on the show, if only because it somehow seems both beneath the return anti-hero and perfectly suits him. The more serious turn for Moose was much needed and sets up a big, undisclosed location match between the two of them for October 24th. Alright, so we're going to finish on some news. And first off, uh, a news story that is not great. And Alberto Del Rio could be facing life in prison. It's no secret that he's been out of control these past few years. Of course, when we've been covering the story with Paige. Um, back in May, he was charged with sexual assault and aggravated kidnapping. The aggravated kidnapping was primary charge. And now it's reported it's set to be a rape. He's convicted in the first degree who faced life in prison. The sentence could bring it... Five to 99 years of life in prison. Additionally, he could face a fine up to $10,000. The press relief said two men had died from separate sexual offences and they are charged. I mean, the original report was quite disturbing. The victim said they were assaulted her and forced to put on a dress and dance for him. The report states he bound and gagged her and sexually assaulted her for several. Some people do lose the plot out of the limelight, I suppose. And, um, and then move on to a little bit happier of arrivals. And it seems that WWE have signed Benjamin Carp. We saw him on AEW Dark really impressing us. And uh, AEW were interested in signing him and also appear for Impact Wrestling. Uh, but during the Twitch stream, Miro said that Carter has joined the dark side before wishing him good luck. We can only assume that the dark side is WWE. So hopefully more on that news. And our follower of the week is, it can only be one man, can't it? It is Jimmy Evans, at Jimmy Evans for real. You are the our follower of the week. Um, you can pick Saints for us to watch on the cast. And speaking of the podcast, like we said, we, it was awful with Jamie and, of course, the news that we wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, but we are looking forward to having uh, a lot of fun coming up on the podcast and in the next couple of weeks the Select Match podcast will be joining us for not only a Halloween special, but to review Hell in the Cell. And then, of course, the Chokeslam Report will be back for AEW at the start of November. Of course, Jaxie Scarlet with Survivor Series as well. So a lot to come on our podcast. But don't forget, across all social media platforms, I'm at the WNR Podcast. The WNR Podcast on Twitter, WNR JR, across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. The WNR Podcast, where the podcast got at the same time on YouTube. There are other places like SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.